Hey there, this is Pastor John Ware, lead pastor of Lifehouse Newport News, a church that exists to help all people experience life change through Christ. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast. We hope it inspires you and gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. Now let's get to today's episode. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Community Christmas Sunday. We are so glad that you are here with us. You're probably wondering, is there a light malfunction? Uh, but, but no, actually, there, there isn't, and it's actually the beginning of my sermon today, where I, I believe, if we're completely honest, um, this darkness really, really represents represents a lot of what we feel and see in our current world. Um, I, I really don't want to be the, the, the killer of Christmas spirit here, but I think if we are completely honest and, forth and forthright, sometimes the best thing to do is to define reality. And I think if we were all completely honest and transparent here, that we would honestly say this is, this is in many ways what our world feels like and seems like, especially on the outside, but also, too, many times on the inside. There's almost a pervasive darkness, morally, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, politically, maritally, and whatever other L-Y you want to throw in there. We can... Bring up lights. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. My name is John Ware, lead pastor here, and I just want to say welcome again. It's so good for you to be here today. And uh, but honestly, I I think if we were completely honest, that is how a lot of us feel and see the world being. And really, I think that is why our culture like loves Christmas. Like we we go extra for Christmas. Like, our culture goes extra for Christmas. Trees, lights, gifts. Why? Because Christmas for us, because we feel like, you know, many of us live in a dark world, Christmas is a time of light in a time that feels super, super dark. Why? Because it is a time where selfishness gives way to selflessness, where hate gives way to love, and where hopelessness gives way to hope. It is, it, is, it, is, it is a time where light gives way to darkness. Now, I don't want to ruin this for you, for those of you here, but Jesus was not actually born on December 25th. I know for some of you, you're like, mind blown. But Jesus wasn't actually born on December 25th. Christmas, for the people that created Christmas back in the Day, their whole purpose of putting Christmas, because, you know, what they say, historians say Jesus was probably born in September, August time frame. But what the, the people that, that created Christmas and wanted to celebrate Christmas, they wanted to put it in the midst of the darkest time of the season. Actually, yesterday in our world, it was the, the darkest day, the day with the shortest amount of light. The sun set yesterday at 4.52 p.m., and it was the shortest day. It was the darkest time. They put it in the center of the winter solstice. 
where essentially what it was saying was, is we want to put in the middle of a dark time, a time for us to celebrate a light in the midst of the darkness. Now, I think that we would all say our world is searching for some sort of light to guide us because we feel this darkness inside and we feel it inside. So we're trying to say maybe it's found in a person or, or leader. And let's follow this particular person or leader, and they're going to lead us to the light, whatever that light is. Or, or, or possibly it's science. Maybe science will guide us to where that light is. Or possibly it's technology. Maybe technology will lead us. And we're looking inside, outside, and saying, where are we going to find light in these dark places that we feel, especially in our identity, in our purpose, and in our need for love? You know, whenever we decided upon this whole theme of light and darkness for the Christmas season, I started studying the, the Bible to kind of just like see, like, like what does the Bible say about this whole concept of light and darkness? And the craziest thing that I found and saw is that actually a central theme, a central thread throughout this whole book, throughout this whole God's story here, is this concept of light and darkness. And when I was in Bible college, I, I got taught Bible college stuff, and it taught me how to study the Bible. And one of the things that they would teach you when doing Bible study is they would teach you Bible study, like, um, I guess you could call them techniques, laws, to help you better understand what the Bible's saying. And one of the first things they taught me was, was this one principle called the principle of first mention, essentially saying that some, that, that Depending upon when something is mentioned in Scripture decides how important it is in the thread and streamline of Scripture. And this whole theme of light and darkness actually shows up in the first chapter of the Bible, which, you know what, even if you aren't a church person, you have probably heard this before. Genesis 1, 1 through 3 says this. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. So from the very beginning, God was all about light invading the darkness. And shockingly, what we actually see by a prophet named Isaiah, 1,500 years before Jesus Christ was actually born, he saw into the future and saw the impact that Jesus would have in this world. And, and he actually wrote about it in a book called Isaiah that was a prophetic book that talked about and said, when this Jesus comes, this is the kind of impact Jesus is going to actually have. And this is what it says in Isaiah 9-2. It says, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Isaiah the prophet saw that when Jesus comes, he will be a light when people are walking in darkness. And what we actually see, one of Jesus' followers, Matthew, wrote a firsthand eyewitness account of Jesus' life. Why? Because, because, because he wanted us to know the impact that Jesus had, Matthew actually took this same prophecy that Isaiah said, and because Matthew saw the impact Jesus had, said, look, that prophecy that was 1,500 years back, Matthew said, this is what Isaiah was talking about, was when 
Jesus came for the people walking in darkness. He would be a great light. Matthew said it, said it, said it like this here. He said, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Matthew said, oh, look, I've seen Jesus with my own eyes. And Jesus did exactly what Isaiah said that he would do. He would come and be a light to those people that feel like they were walking around in darkness. And Jesus came, and what Jesus actually said about himself is that he is the light. We can see in John 8, 12, this was John the apostle who, who heard and saw Jesus say this. He said this, Jesus spoke to the, to, to the people and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. A few chapters after this, we see Jesus again saying about himself, he said, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. Some of you say, okay, John, that's good for these whole Christian people, okay? For, the, for those Christians, yeah, we, we know the Bible says, yo, you know, yeah, let there be light. The prophet came, said, he'll, he'll be light. Jesus even said about himself, he will be light. Okay, great. But at the same time, it is astounding to actually see that historians that don't even believe that Jesus was the Messiah, that, that they actually concede that Jesus had an incredible impact on humanity. We can actually see a couple world-renowned historians actually have this to say about Jesus. Check this out. One is H.G. Wells. He says, he says, I am an historian. I am not a believer. So this is someone that doesn't even believe that Jesus is who he says he is. He says, I am a historian. I am not a believer, but I must confess that as a historian, that this penniless preacher from Nazareth is irrevocably the very center of history. Jesus Christ is easily the most dominant figure in all of history. This other historian, Kenneth Scott, which I'm not going to say his last name because I stutter and I'll kill it. It says, as the centuries pass, the evidence is accumulating that measured by his effect on history, Jesus is the most influential life ever lived on this planet. These are people that don't even believe in Jesus. But they even concede this dude came and was a light. It's not just the Bible. It's not just Jesus testifying about himself, what he would actually be. These are people that don't even believe he was the, the one sent from God, the son of, of God. But they are conceding as a historian, as someone that views facts, not just fiction. This Jesus has, become, has come to this earth and is a light that we even have to confess shines in this world. And what I think that, that we all feel, this, this pervasive darkness that we feel, and that we see, we've got to actually see this, that Jesus came to bring light, not just out here, but Jesus came to bring light in here. Because honestly, a lot of the darkness we see out here is directly related to the darkness we see and feel inside of our souls. Uh, honestly, a lot of the brokenness, hurt, and pain you see in our world is directly related to the darkness that we feel inside. And what Christians would actually call this darkness and you know, depending on your church background, this, this, this word sin, like, like Christians would actually characterize this darkness that we all see and feel as sin. And, and like I said, depending on what church, what church background you came from, sin could be a whole bunch of different stuff. But let me tell you what I think sin is summarized as being in Scripture. It is you choosing to do what, what, what you want to do over what God's best is for you. 
It is you deciding, I'm going to choose my way instead of God's way. And we believe it is because of that it leads to a place of darkness because you've got misplaced priorities, misplaced affections, and ultimately it leads to a life of spiritual, temporal, and eternal darkness. But Christmas reminds us, y'all, that we don't have to walk around in the dark in here or out here, that we have the light of life available to us. I, I love the song that we're going to be singing together later on, Oh Holy Night. One of the first verses in that song, it says this here. It says, long lay the world in sin and error pining. I have no idea what pining means, but thank God we have Google. And, but in sin and error pining, pining essentially means this, in disappointment. It says, long lay the world in sin and disappointment till he appeared and the soul, everyone say soul. The soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn, essentially saying a new and glorious light. The reason we can celebrate Christmas is because Jesus came to bring light into your darkness. And part of it is you acknowledging that you have darkness. I don't care how well put together you are. I don't care how beautiful a home you have, a beautiful car you have, how beautiful your family is, how beautiful you define yourself as, as being the Bible. It's because all of us have a sense and, and a, a sense and also a part of darkness inside of us, no matter how good of a front we put on the outside. That there are areas related in us that have a sense of darkness. And, and what I've seen, I've been in pastoral ministry now for 13 years is what I've seen is many times the darkness is tied to three specific areas. Darkness in our identity, darkness in our purpose, and darkness in our need for love. Do you, do you want to see the identity crisis that we see in our world currently? People are like, who am I? Why am I on this? Like, like who am I? And we're trying to find out who we are. Maybe it's, it's defined by what I have. It's defined by what I do. Maybe it's defined by, by my relationship status. People are wondering. They're trying to find out who they are, and they're searching inside. They're searching outside. But I think searching inside and searching outside are two terrible ways to try to find out who you are. Instead of searching inside, outside, we need to instead look upward. And not say, well, what do I feel? Or, or, or what does someone else say that, 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 uh, that I am? We need to look up and we need to ask God, God, who am I? Who have you created and called me to, to be? And honestly, it is this area of darkness that many of us feel where you are here asking, who in the heck am I? What am I defined by? But Christmas reminds you, Christmas brings light into your darkness by saying to you, you don't have to be defined by, by what you do or by what you feel inside. You can be defined as being a child of God, fully known and fully loved, for that is what every human being was originally created to be. But because of our darkness, we search for who we are and what we have or what we don't have and let me just give you this, this promise here. John chapter 1, verses 9 through 13. It tells us this. This is the apostle John. He said this. He said, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did believe, or to, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. 
Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. In a paraphrased version of the Bible, it says this, and, and, and I believe really breaks it down a little better for us. It says this here, the life light was the real thing. Every person entering life, he brings into light. He was in the world. The world was there through him, and yet the world did not even notice. He came, into, he came to his own people, but they didn't want him. But whoever did want him, who, who, he, those who believed he was who he claimed, he, I need Jesus. I can't read this. But whoever did want him, Lord, I need you to shed some light into my mind. But whoever did want him, who believed he was who he claimed and would do what he said. There we go. He made to be their true selves, their child of God's selves. These are the God begotten, not blood begotten, not flesh begotten, not sex begotten. What he's saying here is one of the greatest gifts that brings light into your Life is not knowing what you do, but knowing whose you are. And it is the fact that you, if you receive him and believe in him, he changes your identity. He brings light to your, to your identity by telling you, you are a child of God, fully known and fully loved with all the rights and benefits of being a child of God. You might feel darkness today because you're like, who am I? I don't know why I'm here. Jesus can bring light into your darkness today by giving you the right and privilege to be a child of God. Secondly, Jesus brings Light into our purpose. I sometimes think of weird crap. Stuff, 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 stuff. It's weird stuff where I just think of we are on a planet that is floating in outer space that is spinning rapidly and moving thousands of miles per hour. That we, we are in what scientists call the Goldilocks zone where we're not far enough from, from, from a sun or star, but we're not close enough to it to where we get burned, but we're not far enough to where we freeze. We're in this, 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 this Goldilocks zone and on a planet that is perfectly suited to actually have human beings live there which there are nine things. You, you can actually look this up. There are nine things needed to sustain life on a planet, and earth is perfectly suited with those nine things to sustain life. Have you ever wondered why? Why is that? Because scientists are trying to find, well, it, well, you know what? Is there other planets? And you know what? It's so funny. USA Today sometimes on there, it'll be, it'll be like, scientists find some other planet that, that can house life. You click on that thing, and it's like, we kind of sort of maybe feel that there could possibly be water on this planet. And it's like, that ain't, you ain't got no truth. You assume it. But, but y'all, don't you just wonder why? Like sometimes like you are on this planet. Science can sometimes tell us how things work, but it will never tell us why we're on this planet. And why do you think we have a certain thing inside of us that wants to know why we are on this planet, on this earth? Like, so, like some of you here in your soul, there is a darkness because you have no clue why you're on this planet. You are just existing. And really, you just think that your, the, the, your purpose is to live for 70 years, suck oxygen for 70 years, and then just, just kind of go and, and, you know what, do your own thing and live your life for yourself. And you wonder why you are such in a place of darkness because, honestly, life is all about you. And whenever you make life all about you, the end point is always a place of deep and utter dark, dark, darkness. Why? Because you were actually psychologically and emotionally cre created to make a difference. Why do you think you feel so good whenever you do something for someone else? 
Because that's what God created you to do. He created you not to live your life about you. He actually said God has created you to go out and make a difference. And, and this is what Jesus said, Matthew 5. He actually said this here. He says, and he's talking to his followers. He said, you are the light of the world. He says that a town on a hill that cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. What Jesus is saying here is he puts his light into your life and then your purpose becomes taking that light that God put in there and you take it and go into dark places and shine his light through you. And some of you wonder why you're so in a place of darkness, even though you have everything you want. You have, every, you, have, you have every need met. It's because you're making it all about you. When you were never created to make your life about you, you were created and psychologically and emotionally functioned to go and make a difference in people's lives. And for you today, where Jesus shines a light into that dark place is Jesus wants to say you have purpose, and the purpose is not to be about you. The purpose is to go and make a difference in this world. And, and, and I'm telling you, that is what Christ followers do, y'all. If you are a Christ follower in this place, a Christian, you have the light in you, and you are then called to go into dark places and shine God's light through you. You know, Jesus ain't here, y'all. Jesus chilling up in heaven. He ain't here. But how Jesus shines his light on this, on this planet is he shines it in us. And then through us, we go to the dark places. We don't run from the dark places. We, we, we run to them. The, that, that is why one of the big core values of our church is we are going to make a difference where as a church, we're not going to run from dark places in, in this city. We're going to run to them because we've got the light and we want to shine that light in the dark places. And that's what I'm saying. You were created and designed for the purpose of your life to not just center around you, but you were created to have light, to be given light, and then be light. And God will light, Jesus will light your purpose up this season if you let him in and let his light shine in you and then shine through you. And you'll know it in the depth and core of your being, this is why I was on this planet. We got people a part of our church here. That I, just over the past three years, we have seen God just do incredible things where these people were making buttloads of money, and they have literally said, I made life all about me. And I was in a place of darkness, miserable. But we've seen God transform their hearts, transform their focuses, transform their, their spirit. And they've said, you know what? My life is not about me. It's about, it's, it, is, it, it is about making a difference. And we have seen life change through Christ happen. So if you have darkness today in your purpose, Jesus wants to light it up by telling you it's time to make a difference. Lastly, Jesus brings light to your soul. First off, like I said, Jesus brings light to your identity by letting you know you have the opportunity to become, to become a child of God. Jesus brings light in and into your purpose by telling you your purpose is to go and make a difference. But thirdly, Jesus brings light into your soul through his love. You have a need in your soul for love, man. I don't care how cool you are, great you are, how much of a man you are, or just, you know, you're tough, big, big, bad. You have a need in your soul, a need in your heart to be loved. To be fully known, yet fully accepted and fully loved. To be the real you and be loved. Every human being here, you have that need in your soul. 
And that need in your soul, many of us have tried to fill with temporary things that we think, if I get this, if I get that, if I get him, if I get her, then it will fill the need and desire for love that I feel inside of my heart. But honestly, what you actually see is when you try to take eternal voids and fill it with, with temporary things, it only leads to places of darkness. Why? Because then you just start to use and abuse people and things to try to fill a void that those things were never designed to fill anyway. That, that is why the Bible says this, that you, you were created by God. It, it actually says this, Ecclesiastes, that God has set eternity in the heart of man. Meaning there's a part of you that only the eternal God can fill. And you will never find complete love, complete acceptance, complete that need for love that you have until you welcome in the God of heaven to meet that need for love you have. Because what I've seen, a lot of the brokenness we see in our world, the injustices we see, the pain we see, is a direct result of people trying to fill a need for love that those things were never meant to fill. And they abuse people and they abuse things, thinking if I just get more of this, then I'll be happy. But what they're trying to say is I need this eternal need met. And what I wanna tell you today, maybe that is you, maybe the darkness in you is you are using and, and abusing people and things to try to fill a void that only God was created and meant to fill. And I'm telling you, the darkness you feel today is directly related because you are so numb from pleasures that there is nothing that could ever satisfy you now. And there's a reason for that because the God of heaven and earth loves you and wants to fill that need you have. Jesus brings light into your need for love. This is the most famous scripture, whether you're a church person or whether you're not. Everyone knows John 3, 16, right? Everybody. You know, if you got a sports team, you're like, you know, taking it to the stadium, right? But John, John 3, 16 actually explains the heart of God for you. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna actually read John 3, 16 through 21. And this is what it says. It says, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why, so that no one need be destroyed by believing in him. Anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go through all this trouble of sending his son uh, merely to point an accusing finger telling the world how bad it is. And some of you view God this way. Like you think God is just as God up there waiting to duck, duck, damn the earth and just tell it how bad it is. And he's got this uh, accusing finger telling, ah, that is not the heart of God, y'all. It says this here, it says, he came to help, came to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to, to trust in him has long since been under the, oh, the dissonance without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's fear to believe in the one of kind son of God when introduced to him. This is the crisis we're in and that's the crisis that we're all in here. God light streamed into the world by men and women everywhere, but, every, but men and women everywhere ran for the darkness. They went for the darkness because they were not really interested in pleasing God. Everyone who makes a practice of doing evil addicted to denial and illusion hates God light and won't come near it, fearing a painful exposure. But anyone working and living in truth and reality welcomes, everyone say welcomes, welcomes God light so the work can be seen for the God work it is Christmas is all about welcoming the God light, Jesus, into your life. And here's the key, the, the key phrase, not just celebrating Christmas, but experiencing it. So many people go through the motions of celebrating a holiday that they've never experienced. It's simply a cultural tradition. And today, I do not want you to leave this place 
of just saying, I'm going to celebrate with a tree and some gifts for people I don't like, and I'm going to get them stuff, and I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to have a tree, and, you know, I'm just going to have some light. It's just like you're, you're missing the whole point of the light of this holiday. It wasn't just to bring light out here. It was to bring light inside the darkness of your soul, to give you identity, to give you purpose, and to fill a need for love that you desperately crave. Your needs perfectly meet Jesus' purposes. And what I want to invite you to today is not to just celebrate Christmas, but actually experience it. And experiencing, I believe experiencing this season, we can actually go back to the first words of the Bible. First words of the, of the Bible, Genesis 1-3, we said them earlier. When Jesus was, when there was a dark void on the earth, Jesus, or excuse me, God said this, let there be light. Now I'm gonna blow your mind here. I'm gonna, I'm I was really intrigued by this word, let. Like I so much know what let is, but let me go to the dictionary. And you know this word let actually means to allow or to permit. To allow or to permit. And what I wanna simply invite you to do today is just do what the very first words of the Bible were in your life and in your heart. Let there be light. To have light into your life today, it's not something you've gotta do a bunch of good things and then God will shine his light. It's not like you've gotta do things. It's just like, all you gotta do is let it in. Let there be light. Allow it to enter, permit it to enter. And that's what I believe today is some of you have darkness that you walked in with today, but God doesn't believe, like I don't believe in just chance happens. I believe you're here today for purpose, on a purpose, because you needed to hear the exact words coming out of my mouth. And today God wants to shine a light. Jesus wants to be the light in your life and shine light in the dark places that you have walking into this place. Thank you again for joining us on the LifeHouse Newport News Podcast. If you're ever in the Hampton Roads area, we'd love for you to join us at one of our live worship experiences at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at the Regal Kiln Creek Movie Theaters. Until then, feel free to check us out at www.theaterchurchnn.com or on any social media platform. Thank you so much, and God bless.